0: Just hi, Dad. He's my dad, James Gutman. What's up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to a mid-December edition of High Pod. i Dad. It is 2023. We are almost done with the year. It has been a year for the books, man. Without a doubt, one of the most um, monumental mega years of my life, Uh, just so many things happening. Uh, We'll get into all that in a second, but it's been really um, a crazy week too. And of course, this is going up a little bit late today because, as you guys know, sometimes I rerecord these, sometimes I do them on a different day. So I actually did one earlier this week. I did it on what was a pretty big day for me. Um, December 13th, as you guys know, is the anniversary of my quintuple bypass, That came out of nowhere. It was, I mean, literally out of nowhere. I had been um, experiencing these episodes for years. Didn't know what they were. thought, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm a little off today. Found out they were heart attacks. Found out on December 13th I had had a heart attack. Walked to the walk-in center. Got there. Sent me to the hospital. Hospital did tests. Turns out I needed a bypass. Not just a bypass, but five of them. Quintuple bypass. Never had surgery in my life immediately got carted in, thought I was dead. It was positive. It was the last day of my life. Really kind of came to grips with it. It messed me up a lot. But the story of that day transcends the heart surgery. It's more for me than that. And when I think back on it, yeah, I think about my own mortality, and I think about that day, and I think about some of the the fear and worry that I had that day. But it also was kind of a rebirth in many ways. Um, I cut people out of my life. There were people that I had been surrounded by, for my whole life that I knew were not healthy for me to have around. Um, and that was the, the last day that I really welcomed those people into my life. And I'll tell you this, 11 years later, looking back, it's something you still reflect on. I mean, there's no way. We, we don't make huge decisions like that for ourselves and not think about it and deal with it. But um, seeing things and watching how things played out, I don't really have any regrets at all. It just is what it is. Um, I don't know if anybody else has any regrets either, to be honest with you. Um, I think sometimes we just we just move on and we have to do what's right for us. And sometimes we know in that moment, I know other people have done similar things that I've done where you've had to make these big decisions, whether it's, it's family, friends, loved ones, spouses, whatever it is that you have to move on from. I think most people can turn around at the end of it and look back at the things they went through and go, that wasn't worth it. And then when they see how other people were able to kind of accept it, it changes a lot, you know? So I'm good. I'm fine with it. Still though, it does make you reflect a little bit. And I do reflect when I look back. Um, A lot of rebirths, a lot of changes in in attitude, a lot of changes in thoughts. As I said in my blog on Wednesday, where I talk about the story of my bypass on highblogomdad.com, there's your plug. You know, I talked about how changes like my diet, my exercise, um, and even to a certain extent, my thinking, they were kind of swift, you know? I woke up that next morning and a lot of my outlook had changed. And I'll tell you guys, and I haven't, I don't know, maybe I've talked about it. I want to say I've never talked about this and somebody finds where I've talked about it. I don't remember talking about this, but people might not realize what I woke up to the morning after my bypass. I had, you know, this major surgery, December 13th, 2012. And I woke up on December 14th, 2012. And I don't know if people know what date that is, but that was Sandy Hook. Without a doubt, like one of the most like jarring, you know, school shooting stories that there are. You know, and every school shooting is rough or whatever. But this was the one that was like ridiculous. Like it was like kindergarten. It was like the worst effing thing you can wake up from major surgery to. And I hate to laugh at it, but you have no idea how crazy it was. And here I am. I'm I'm ex- I'm like I'm alive. Holy cow. I'm opening my eyes. The world's going on. I'm adjusting to this. I Got a tube down my throat. I'm like coming to grips with everything and the TV is on and it is the worst. It was the worst thing that I could even imagine. And I made them take it off the TV. There would have been a time I wouldn't. Prior to that, like even the day before, I wouldn't have taken it off because back then I don't know. I we revel sometimes in in misery. We we like things like that. Not necessarily things like that, but just the idea, the debate, and how can you do this, and and then conspiracy theory. I didn't want to look at it. Let's just turn it off. I can't, I don't want to look at this. And you couple that with, you know, going online and, you know, just reading comments, and I went on social media, and there's, there's people complaining about, you know, just random things, and here I am, the day after thinking I was going to die. And that's a major thing. Like, I thought I was going to, To die, not just, you know, deal with, you know, long lasting repercussions from the surgery, which ended up being the next fear when people told me the doctors and stuff, they said, We're gonna put on blood thinners because you know, we don't get a blood clot. If it goes to your your heart, it's gonna kill you. If it goes to your brain, you're gonna have a stroke. And I'm like, What? I was 35 years old. I was healthy. I weighed maybe a little bit more than I weigh now. I wasn't obese. My whole life, there was really only one time period that I considered myself really overweight. And it was like a brief period in 2000, right after college, kind of went to hell with myself. Didn't want to do that anymore. But I was never, you know, a massively out of shape, unfit person. So I'm like, what am I going to do? And I remember I went to the doctor. I said, what do I do? What do I do? Should I quit? Well, don't quit. It's, you know, what? it's genetic. You know, so at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it is what it is. And I say, yeah, but if it's genetic, then wouldn't like not eating red meat and not smoking and not doing all those things, wouldn't that help me maybe stave it off a little bit? Well, yeah, it'll it'll help you not contract it earlier. Well, then I'm going to do that. I did it for my kids. That's what I did it for. I did it for Lucas. I did it for Olivia. I did it for me. I did it because I didn't want them not to have a dad. My kids saved my life in so many ways. They do to this day, my kids saved my life. A lot of people are in my position where you have rough days and you're like, the only reason I am not running away and doing something crazy is because I have these kids. You have no idea how kids can sometimes anchor some of the most, I don't know, flighty souls to the earth. My kids anchor my soul to the earth. If not for them, I don't know what I would do. I mean, really, I would make some pretty crazy decisions. And I know that because before they were around, when I was young, I made some pretty crazy decisions. I did a lot of crazy things. There are people right now listening to this podcast who I knew in 1998 who were like, yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. Uh, and now I'm not like that. Now it's about being an adult. It's about being responsible. It's about being there for the people around me. So I, I worked hard for my kids. But what people don't seem to get, and this is the main point of this, and it's it, it all comes back to the same the same idea. When I came out of that surgery, and I went online, I started reading people complain about their lives, and I saw Sandy Hook on TV, and I saw all this misery, people debating, people arguing, people fighting, and here I was waking up from heart surgery. I didn't want to be a part of that anymore. I didn't want that nonsense because in that moment I knew how precious and precarious life was for me and for all of us and it felt like a waste of time to worry to stress to get like that and i didn't do it overnight you know i didn't wake up and i'm "I'm not stressed anymore no it took a while but now today i know the importance of peace and tranquility and i try to live my life that way tranquilo as they say But what's funny is that my heart surgery that allowed me to see things that way, allowed me to accept, I hate that word. I don't say accept. Allowed me to embrace. It's better. My son's autism. Lucas was one and a half years old when I had my surgery. Lucas was showing signs of delay. The last pictures I had on my camera roll were him struggling to hammer in pegs on a little wooden toy, right? And... um. I remember being really worried and there were so many little things he did that really worried me when he was little and I didn't know if he was gonna be okay, I didn't know what those things were but I worried all the time for him and when I came out of surgery and I missed my kids, I, I didn't remember the delays, I didn't remember a lot of that stuff, I remembered him, my boy, those are my kids, I miss them, I wanna see them and I thought about all the cute things he did and all the fun things he did I really, um, I changed my, my thought process because suddenly now the little things didn't matter anymore. And to me, that's a little thing. If you love somebody and there's something, like if you love somebody in your life and they're in a wheelchair, if you love someone in your life and they struggle with anything, you still love them. It's not about their struggles. It's about them. And that's what I came to realize. And what's funny is that My heart surgery allowed me to not stress and realize that my son's autism wasn't a big deal. But my son's autism also allows me to not stress and realize that everyone else's, you know, pardon the phrase, bullshit is not a big deal, whether it's uh, business or personal or whatever it is. It's pretty crazy. And I've tried to explain this. And this has been what has helped me, I think, as I've gotten older and I've gotten into business. I told you guys this. If I work with any company or if I work with any job, I always tell them early on, and I don't know, maybe. Maybe this turns some people off, but some people respect it. I say, See, listen, I say, I got to warn you. I don't get stressed out, right? So you might call me frantic about something you need done. I'll get it done for you, but I'm not like Ooh, like frazzled and like heavens to Murgatroyd. That's not me. Um, I don't work well like that, so I don't do that. And I don't like to feel that way. I won't get my work done that way. So I'm chill. And I've worked with people who will throw work at me, and they'll be like, "You don't, you don't seem overwhelmed at all." I'm like, "I'm not." I'm not. Now, I mean, it's gonna sound kind of jerky, but like I don't, I don't really care all that much. um That said, I don't. I don't ever miss a deadline. I don't ever miss work or miss something that I even forget work, even on a personal basis too. If I promise you something, I'm gonna do what I promise you. But I'm not gonna be like, oh, what are we gonna do? I don't like to do that, and I think it's it's you know because of my son, seeing his struggles that he has to go through and the things that we have to work through. I work through that with him. I don't get stressed out with him. So if I don't get stressed out over, you know, my son's schooling and where he ends up, if he ends up in a home one day, if I don't get stressed out by that, I'm not stressed out over your email. I'm not. Um, I'll I'll return it. I'll get to it. We'll do the work. But ultimately, if, if you have a problem and I never talk to you again, so be it. Just stop caring. I mean, it's important. I think a lot of us need to adopt that kind of mentality. Because the things that are important, we know in our hearts what they are. Flash forward now. Pretend that you have three hours left of your life. What are the things that are important? You know what they are. And the reason why you know what they are is because you've lived long enough, just like I have, to see these things that people make into utmost importance. I've had work situations years ago that were the hugest, 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 hugest things all anybody wanted to talk about. It was major. What's going to happen? And today, years later, I don't remember their names. I remember my kids' names. I remember every single thing that my kids have dealt with that I've had to fight through and deal with. But the little things, nah. Nah does wash away so wash away the little things try to adopt that thinking without having to have a heart attack and a quintuple bypass and you will feel good about it um be happy move forward i'm happy and i'm moving forward i want to tell you guys this before we close out today i am excited so excited about things coming in the new i don't know what to sound it but i really am i am i'm not gonna get into detail on it but i will tell you guys this next month um i'm going to la And there is something in the works that I would be very excited to tell you guys about that. I also have another thing, not related to that, but also equally huge that I want to announce very soon. I'm just waiting for some final details. 2024 is going to blow 2023 away. You have no idea. We will talk about it all soon. As soon as I can, I will let you know. I'm stoked. Hopefully you are too. Guys, thank you. Check me out on highblogomdad.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, all that stuff here on any streaming service you found me on, and follow me on social media. Hi, James Gutman, that's me. Thank you once again for listening, and thank you for really helping me make my last eleven years a major, um, a major positive in so many ways. I appreciate it. I love you all. Until next time, James Gutman, be well. Bye, pot. I'm Dad.